Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Hi, um, last week the children of Israel uh, crossed the Red Sea dramatically. God caused a pathway to form for them and they walked through on dry land. And on the other side of the Red Sea, they now were ready to start the journey into what God had promised them, a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And as we said at the start, this is a, a type, a shadow uh, for us uh, believers today who are pressing into our own promised land. And our promised land are the 5,467 odd promises that God makes to us in his word in the Bible. And every single one of them, it's God's plan for us to walk into those promises that he has made to us in his word. When the children of Israel cross the Red Sea and are about to embark on this journey, if you put yourselves in their position, how were they supposed to find out where this promised land is? They've been captive for 430 years. They haven't come out of Egypt. They're about to cross a very hostile terrain. Uh, it's the desert, the wilderness in, in certain, certain parts of it. Uh, it's extremely hostile. Uh, by day, the temperatures were known to rise to anything up to 50 degrees centigrade. By night, the temperatures would fall to as low as zero degrees and sometimes into the minus. Uh, if you were exposed uh, to that kind of uh, temperature, the, that kind of sun, you probably would be dead before you arrived at your destination. If you were exposed to that kind of cold, you probably would freeze to death. That is apart from the enemies that existed on the journey as they went, uh, hostile tribes, um, animals that existed that were dangerous and that, that, could, that could have attacked them. I mean, this was a hostile environment they were entering, but they had to enter this environment to get across to this promised land. And then, critically, how would they find the promised land? What way, which way would they take? Now, think about it. If you've been to the desert, uh, if you've traveled to the Middle East or the desert anywhere in Africa, it's, it's, it's literally just miles of sand with no landmarks whatsoever. How were they going to find their way across this hostile terrain into God's promises? Well, God had already taken care of that. Why don't you come with me to the Bible as we go to Exodus, the 13th chapter, uh, the 21st and 22nd verse. You see, this is God's provision for grace, of grace and mercy. You know, and God is a gracious and a merciful God. 
He won't ask you to do something without having made provision for you to do it. He won't ask you to go somewhere without having arranged how you will be taken, led to where he has asked you to go. And so if God is asking you to do something, then rest assured God has already made provision out of his grace and mercy for all the help you will need to be able to do what God has asked you to do. Exodus 13 verses 21 and 22. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud, did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. So many acts of grace. The Lord himself had called them out. The Lord had told them where they were going. The Lord knew there was no way that they could find their way there themselves. So what does God do? The Bible says God goes ahead of them. He leads them. He guides them. I want you to know that there's nothing God can ask you to do that he won't lead you into it and guide you into it. Of course, we can rebel and refuse to follow his leading or, or follow his guidance, but God will always do so. You know, before they got to this point, if you remember in Exodus, the 13th chapter, verses 17 to 18, the Bible records that rather than take them on the shortest route, God said the people might be afraid if they are faced with a battle, change their minds and return to Egypt. So the Bible says God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And you know, sometimes we might think, God, why are we going this way? It is longer. Why is it taking so long? How come I'm still holding on? How come this journey seems like much longer? God, I know a way we could take that would be shorter. That's how they must have felt. Why are we going this roundabout way? But, but God knew then. He knew that at the point they were at, they didn't have the strength in their heart to withstand some of the battles that were on the shorter way. So God took them on the longer way. My sister, rest in God. Trust him. Some people might have had it shorter. Yours might be longer. God knows that that longer way is the best way for you. Let's trust him. He's our creator. My brother, trust him. It didn't go right. It's okay. God is taking you on the longer route. That's okay. Let's rest in God and trust God that he knows the best for us. So he goes ahead of them. And he goes ahead of them, guiding them with a pillar of cloud for the, during the daytime and a pillar of fire at night. So the Bible says they could travel day and night. And that is just so reassuring. That it didn't matter what the circumstances were around them. As long as they were guided by God, they could travel at the pace that God wanted them to travel at. The nighttime would stop other travelers. 
but not the children of Israel, because the pillar of fire would guide them at night, providing light for them. So the Bible says they could travel both in the daytime and the nighttime. You know, we sometimes want to do it our way, but let's learn to trust God. Let's go at God's pace. Sometimes God requires us to travel day and night. Let's travel day and night at God's pace. The Bible says he did not remove the cloud or the fire from before them. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And you know, the cloud and the fire, they were God's protection for his people. You see, 50 degrees centigrade, you're going to roast. But guess what God does? In that inhospitable climate, the cloud provides a cooling effect for his people. Some sort of uh, uh, ancient air conditioning system. And so under the cloud, the temperature was just right. Despite the fact that outside the covering of the cloud, the temperature was unbearable. I want you to know that things might be happening all around, but let's stay close to God because God makes a provision for his children. He creates a covering, a canopy, uh, so that under his shadow, you can thrive exactly as he wants you to thrive. And you know, it was the same at night. At night, it got unbearably cold. They would have frozen to death. The temperature was inhospitable. But then the fire provided warmth for the children of Israel. So whilst it was minus whatever degrees outside, around the fire, as the children of Israel stayed close to the to, to this to the presence of God, which was the fire, the temperature was just right. And I want to declare into your life that a lot of things have happened and a lot of things will be happening. A lot of things will happen in our economy. A lot of things will happen in the world. But I pray that as you stay close to the presence of God, and we'll talk about that in a, in a, in a few minutes, that, that what happens for you will be exactly what God wants to happen for you. It might be unbearable out there, but by God's grace, he, he will give you the grace around him to bear with whatever you ha we have to go through in this world. The fire protected them also from, 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 from those who were their enemies. And there's a graphic picture that the Bible records of this. Exodus 14, verses 19 to 20. As the children of Israel bore down on, on, on uh, children of, uh, as Pharaoh and, Egypt and the Egyptians bore down on the children of Israel. The children of Israel are terrified as they stand facing the Red Sea. Just see this picture of God's protection. The Bible says, and the angel of God who went before the host of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. It was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians, but it gave light by night to the Israelites. And the one host did not come near the other all night. That's exactly what God does for us. Do you know, if God showed any of us the number of attempts, the number of times the kingdom of darkness has planned all kinds of schemes, plots to, to attack us and destroy us, to harm us, to cause evil. If we knew, most of us would literally faint. But I assure you, when we eventually see the picture, 
we will see how many times the Spirit of God formed a canopy around us, protecting us. The Bible says there that to one it was darkness to the enemy. They were they were in darkness. The 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 the, the, the cloud moved from from the front of them and went behind them, and it created darkness for the Egyptians. But to the children of Israel, it was light. It was a cloud and darkness to the Egyptians, to the children of Israel. It gave light by night. And that's what God does. To the enemy, he blinds them in darkness so they can't harm his children. And that is your portion. But to you, he shines the light of his presence, his person, his word to guide you in your way. And if there's one scripture that really encapsulates all that I have tried to say, especially being led as they journey towards God's promise for them, the promised land. It's this scripture in Numbers, the ninth chapter. And I want to read this to you. Numbers 9, verses 19 to 23. Numbers 9, verses 19 to 23. On the day the tabernacle was set up, the cloud covered it. But from evening until morning, the cloud over the tabernacle looked like a pillar of fire. This was the regular pattern. At night, the cloud that covered the tabernacle had the appearance of fire. Whenever the cloud lifted from over the sacred tent, the people of Israel would break camp and follow it. And wherever the cloud settled, the people of Israel would set up camp. In this way, they traveled and camped at the Lord's command wherever he told them to go. Then they remained in their camp as long as the cloud stayed over the tabernacle. If the cloud remained over the tabernacle for a long time, the Israelites stayed and performed their duty to the Lord. Sometimes the cloud would stay over the tabernacle for only a few days. So the people would stay for only a few days as the Lord commanded. Then at the Lord's command, they would break camp and move on. Sometimes the clouds stayed only overnight and lifted the next morning. But day or night, when the cloud lifted, the people broke camp and moved on. Whether the clouds stayed above the tabernacle for two days, a month or a year, the people of Israel stayed in camp and did not move on. But as soon as it lifted, they broke camp and moved on. So they camped or traveled at the Lord's command and they did whatever the Lord told them through Moses. You know, this scripture is actually mind-blowing as it speaks deeply into our lives. It speaks deeply into the life of anyone who wants to fulfill God's plans and God's purposes. The children of Israel were journeying into their promises. They had no way of finding their way there. God directed them to build a tabernacle, a building made with hands. But of course, you and I know that God is not so much concerned with building buildings made with hands because we have become the tabernacle 
the, 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 the place, the home of God, the, the resident of God, the temple of God. So whilst there were physical tabernacles in the terms of buildings built with brick and mortar and all the other material that they built the tabernacle with, uh, wood and stone and, and uh, gold and all the other things and curtains made from uh, animal hide that had been dyed. Now, that was in the type and the shadow. In the substance, the tabernacle, the temple, the dwelling of God is your life and my life. And so for them, once they finished the tabernacle, the cloud of the pillar of fire rested on the tabernacle. And so it became a regular pattern, the Bible says. At night, it was fire. During the day, it was a cloud. When the cloud lifted from the sacred, sacred tent, the people of Israel knew that it was time to move. They would break camp, pack their things together because all the time their eyes were on the cloud. They never got so involved in life that they took their eyes off the cloud. They knew that we are lost if the cloud lifts and moves and we don't follow. And so the Bible describes an amazing scene. They would, the cloud would move and then it would settle down. They would settle down and unpack their things. They would start to live their lives, start to eat and, and celebrate and get on with life. But all this time their eye was on the cloud. They never got so immersed in day-to-day -day life so consumed by what they were doing that for a second they forgot the cloud. They forgot the fire because they knew that the only way we are going to arrive at God's promised land is that we follow the leading of the cloud and the fire. And the Bible says, at God's command, they moved. And you know, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't set. Sometimes it was two days. Sometimes it was a month. Guess what? Sometimes it was a year. And as long as the cloud did not move, they did move. Now, you want to transpose that to 21st century Christianity. How many of us could have really survived where we are led by the cloud and the fire? Where we will not get impatient and move and get lost Get, get attacked, get exposed just because we have moved out of the will of God. What does that picture tell us? It tells us, it shows us the picture of a God who wants us to follow him, who wants us to be led by him. A God who wants us to move through life at his command. It shows us clearly that there's no other way Success is achieved because we are following the leading of God. And you know, for the children of Israel, they eventually arrived there because they followed the leading of God. And for us today, it's the same. It's just that we don't have the cloud or the fire, but we have a tabernacle, a temple, and we have in that temple, the moment we've given our lives to Christ, 
the Spirit of God. The equivalent for us today, 21st century Christians, of the cloud and the fire that leads us into God's promised land, the promises he has made for us, that guides us through the difficult terrain of life, that makes sure that we don't find ourselves where we shouldn't be, that keeps us out of harm's way, that protects us from evil, that acts as a canopy over our lives, the, 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 example, the example of the cloud and the fire for the children of Israel. For us, it is the Holy Spirit. And you know, Jesus makes that clear. John the 16th chapter and the 7th verse. However, I'm telling you nothing but the truth. When I say it is profitable, I'm reading from the Amplified Classic. It is profitable. It is good, expedient, advantageous for you that I go away. You know, some of these truths, we need to receive them deep into our hearts. That Jesus himself said, we are changing the way we do things. I have been here, but I am going away. And in our plan, it is good for you. It is expedient. It is to your advantage that I go away. Because he goes on to say, if I don't go, then our plan for the next stage is truncated. But he says, if I don't go away, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby will not come to you into close fellowship with you. But if I go away, I will send him to you to be in close fellowship with you. And of course, we know from biblical accounts that he did go away. We know he went on to die at the cross. He was resurrected on the third day. And the Bible gives clear accounts of how people saw him going away to heaven. And because he went, he has sent the, the one he promised to us. He has taken residence in our hearts. And his instruction is close fellowship with him. And you know, that's why our theme for Pursuit of God, we're driving into that close fellowship, is intimacy with God. A deep, intimate relationship with the Spirit of God. That's what Jesus was calling us into. And you know, in a practical way, look at what he says the Spirit of God comes to do. And how many times do we need this kind of help or guidance as we journey th through life? Even now, I am sure that there is someone out there who needs a comforter, who needs comfort. I'm sure there's someone who is going through a difficult time in a difficult place. And perchance someone who has lost a loved one. We, are, we know of some of us who have lost loved ones. You know, men can comfort you to a certain level, but there is a dimension of comfort that can only come from the one who was designed to comfort, from God himself, the comforter. He's there for us as the comforter. That's why Jesus had to go so that the comforter can come and walk through this journey. And whenever we need comfort on this journey because of what we're going through, we can call out to him and he will comfort us. I pray you will call out to him and today he will come and comfort you. He says the counselor, the one who gives advice when we are faced with difficult decisions, 
We have problems we need solved. And then the one who gives advice to us. It's not something spooky. He is real. He's a person. If you do call on him, he will come and give you advice. He's already in you. You just have to develop a deeper relationship with him, more intimacy with him, a closer fellowship with him, and he will give you advice as your counselor. Is there anyone out there who's looking for counsel? Well, call on him today. He will give you advice. He says, I will send him the helper. Anyone who needs help in any way that you need help. You know, uh, the, the last few days have been very intense. Never worked this hard in my entire life, probably. And as we were stretched on all sides, overwhelmed with work, I found myself just talking to the Holy Spirit and saying, help me, just help me. This workload seems overwhelming. Do you know, in a way that I can't describe, like somebody just took the workload and arranged it, organized it so well, I just found that the next day I woke up and we were going through one thing after another at a pace that I knew was not mine. I asked for help, help came. In any area you require help, why not ask for help? He's there to help you. The advocate, the one who speaks on your behalf, the one who makes a case for you, the one who talks on your behalf. So you need someone to talk on your behalf. You need the right words to say. He can give you the right words. He can speak on your behalf in places that you have no access to. He's the advocate. Why don't you call on him today? Of course, he's our intercessor. The one who gives us words when our words fail. The one who the Bible talks about us being not knowing how to pray, not knowing what to pray. And I'm sure you found yourself there in this journey of life. How exactly do I pray? He comes and he gives utterance in that heavenly language and he becomes the intercessor. He uses your body, he uses your vocal cords, but it's really a prayer meeting between God, between God the Spirit and God the Father, in the name of the Son, and your prayer requests are put before God, your intercessor, and your strengthener. And we battered sometimes by life. Is there anyone who's battered out there? You're bruised and battered, you're weary and tired. Well, you need some supernatural strength. Have you been in a place where you've slept, you've done everything you should physically, but you, you know your tiredness is not a physical tiredness. It's a deep tiredness in your soul, in your spirit, in your psyche. The Holy Spirit comes to strengthen you. He's there for you if you will call on him. And just in case I haven't covered any situation that you find yourself in, the Bible says he's there as your standby. He's there for you, standing by you all the time. Let's call out to him. Let's reach out to him. Let's open up our hearts to him. Let's commit ourselves to, to, to doing everything that we can to develop a close fellowship with him. You see, he's our own cloud and fire. You know, he's the one that we keep our eyes on. He's the one that we form a deep relationship with. He's the one who guides us through life. 
You know, Romans 8 verse 14, it's instructive that it says concerning us as children of God, it says for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. One translation says, are mature children of God. So, of course, it's possible to be saved and not to be led by the Spirit of God. It's possible to be saved and not to have a deep relationship with the Spirit of God. Not to be intimate with God. Not to be in close fellowship with God. But you see, that's not what God wants for you. Because we enjoy the fullness of God where we are in deep, in a deep and intimate fellowship with Him. In a deep and intimate fellowship with His Spirit. And you know, when the disciples were, were, after Jesus had died, he knew that this was critical. Not just that the disciples received him as Lord and Savior, because then the moment you do that, the Spirit of God is in you. But that the disciples receive an outpouring of the Spirit of God that will enable them to fulfill all the assignments he had for them. Listen to what he says to them in Acts, the first chapter and the eighth verse. He says, but you shall receive power. And I love the Amplified Classic, what it does for us with words. Because what exactly is power? You shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might. And isn't that what we need? The ability, the, 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 the ability to do certain things that we know we can't do naturally. But by the Spirit of God, Today you will receive ability to do all that God wants you to do. It says efficiency, to be able to do things in a way that's efficient, to be, to be impactful and effective, uh, to be able to not waste time doing things, efficiency and might, supernatural strength to be able to do what God calls you to do. He says you shall receive power, ability, efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. How can our lives witness for God? You know, how can people see us and we're an advertisement for God? How can people see our families and they're attracted and we can point them to Christ? We do that when we have the power of the Spirit upon us, ability, efficiency and might. And I, I believe God that that is going to be your portion. And you know, it actually happened, as Jesus said, thousands of years ago to the day. You know, today we celebrate Pentecost. We celebrate what Jesus prophesied when he told them to go and wait that the Spirit will come upon them. We celebrate it today. The Bible records it in Acts, the second chapter, Acts of the Apostles, the second chapter, verses 1 to 4. On the day of Pentecost, thousands of years ago, to this very day, this Sunday. Because today, May the 31st, is Pentecost Sunday. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. What was the result of that encounter? What happened after the power of God came upon them? After the Holy Spirit came upon them? 
What happened was ability, efficiency, and might was released into their lives. What happened was a transformation took place. And just look at the picture. A bunch of disciples have reached a point where they are hopeless. They are tired. They are weary. Their dreams seem to have been shattered. They, they are wondering how they can go on. They are being persecuted on all sides. Yes, Jesus has risen and they are grateful for that. But how are they going to continue in life to live out the truth of a risen Christ in a hostile world? Jesus says to them, don't even try to do it on your own. You are not capable. You can't arrive there on your own. You can't enter on your own. You can't witness for me on your own. Your life can't be that fire that attracts attention. You can't overcome it on your own. You can't face the challenges on your own. But Jesus says, we have a plan for you. Go and wait for the power to come upon you. And so they are waiting and they're praying. And then this dramatic scene takes place. They hear a sound like a mighty rushing wind, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, one translation says. It fills the house, and what looks like flames, tongues of fire, comes and settles on each one of them. I think the reason that that happened, so that they could see it physically and record it for us, is so that we will know what happens even if we don't see it physically, as we also wait for that power to come upon us. And as soon as that power came upon them, these people were totally transformed. A boldness came upon them. A zeal, a fervor came upon them. Ability beyond their natural ability came upon them. Their hearts were set on fire. They were empowered for the assignment. And my brother and my sister, this Pentecost Sunday, in your homes, I am praying that is exactly what is going to happen to you. That as we pray, the Spirit of God is going to be released upon you. As you believe, as you reach out, as you cry out, as you tell God where you are, maybe what you need is a counselor. Maybe what you need is an advocate, a strengthener, a helper. Maybe what you need is an intercessor, a comforter. Maybe what you need is a standby. Maybe it's not any of the things I have named, but you need some empowering, a transformation. I am believing God that we will get testimonies that all over the world, all those who are tuned in on this Pentecost Sunday, that the experience that they had, which wasn't recorded just for us to recount their experiences, but was recorded so that we also can believe God for similar experiences in our lives on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, year-to-year basis. That this Pentecost Sunday, someone is going to say, the power of God came upon me. And may that power come upon you and transform you. May that power touch you 
and correct whatever needs to be corrected. Align you. If you're believing God for, the, for healing, may that power come upon you and may you be healed miraculously by the power of the Spirit of God. I'm praying that today and I'm going to join you in a short while to say that prayer. But before I do that, I want to ask if there's anyone who hasn't given their life to Jesus. You can't come into close fellowship with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God cannot come into you until you have said to Jesus, come into my heart. And so I'm going to give you that opportunity before I pray for an outpouring of the Spirit of God. And we will have amazing testimonies as people in their homes encounter the Spirit of God. I know for a fact that people are going to be slain in their homes, healed in their homes. People are going to start to speak in tongues in their homes. People are going to be empowered. Ability, efficiency, and might is coming to you. People are going to be lifted from the pits of despair. People are going to see the dark clouds of, of depression dissipate over their lives. People are suddenly going to receive creative ideas. The Spirit of God is being unleashed on this Pentecost Sunday into the homes of the faithful who are tuned in to what God is doing through this live stream today. But before we do that, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Are you in close fellowship with him? Do you want to be in close fellowship with him? Do you want to receive the Spirit of God and all the help that comes with the Spirit of God? If you do, then I want to pray with you. All you have to do is say this prayer after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you as I receive your Son, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. I thank you because as I do that, I also receive your Spirit into my life. I declare by this prayer that I am a child of yours, Heavenly Father. I'm a new creation. I am born again. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for receiving me into your family. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen and amen. Father, we just thank you and we bless you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm just going to ask us to just wait for the Spirit of God. I'm going to believe that the Spirit of God is going to come upon you wherever you are. Open up your hearts and just receive the Spirit of God. Spirit of the living God, we step completely aside. And we ask that you do what you've planned to do from before the foundations of the earth on this Pentecost Sunday. Holy Spirit, please come. Come, Spirit of the living God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Father, open the floodgates of heaven over the homes of your children, O God. Spirit of the living God, please come. Spirit of life, Spirit of truth, please come. We wait on you, Holy Spirit. 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 Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Please flow unhindered. Touch your son, Holy Spirit. Touch your daughter, Holy Spirit. Go on wherever you are. Why don't you invite him into your life? Invite him into your home. Go on, just invite him in your own words, into your life and into your home. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. Holy Spirit, flood our homes, flood our lives. 
Come Holy Spirit, like rain from above. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Over, overcome us, Holy Spirit. We yield to you, we submit to you. Sweet Spirit of the living God, come. Come Holy Spirit, come all over in this nation, in the nations across the world where people are watching. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Sweet Spirit of God, please come, come Holy Ghost, please come, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, please come Holy Spirit, flow unhindered Holy Spirit, please come, come Holy Spirit, we wait on you Holy Spirit, we wait on you Holy Spirit, please come Holy Spirit, rest on your Son of Holy Spirit, Rest on the Son of God, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, touch her heart. Holy Spirit, please come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, please come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Jaria Derebon Dorobo Jan Darian Dareban Dereban Darian Dabrokura Derebajan Derimanda Derebon Dorobon Dorobo Jacarianda. Come, Holy Spirit. Eandoruban Derebon Dorobo Dorobon Dorobo Jan Darianda. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Oh, Spirit of Holiness, we call on you, Spirit of Life. Come, come, rest on that home, Holy Spirit. Melt that heart, Holy Spirit. Bring comfort, Holy Spirit. Oh, come and help and strengthen. Transform, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. This Pentecost Sunday, come, Holy Spirit. Rest upon your Son, Holy Spirit. Oh, come, Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, please come. 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 Spirit of life, please come. Spirit of truth, please come. Spirit of God, please come. Spirit of God, oh, we call on you. Holy Ghost, please come. Oh, Holy Spirit, please come. Oh, Holy Spirit, we are nothing, nothing without you. Sweet Holy Ghost, please come. Make our lives different, Holy Spirit. Oh, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, please come. Come, Holy Ghost, oh, come. Come, Holy Ghost, oh, come. Come and fill our lives, Spirit of the living, Spirit of God. Oh, come, Holy Ghost, please come. Come, Holy Ghost, please come. Oh, come, Holy Spirit of God. Randere, mandere, anna, jere, dorobo, janki, antorobo. He andere, dorobo, dorobo, shukura, yekeke. He andorobo, janarianda. Oh, my Lord, lift your hands and receive. 
the spirit of the living God. Lift your hands and receive the spirit of the living God. The spirit of the living God is upon you. The spirit of the living God is upon you. The spirit of the living God is upon you. Oh, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Oh, what no man can do, Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Oh, you came in times past like tongues of fire. This is Pentecost Sunday. Oh, we are waiting on you. Oh, we are waiting on you. Change our lives. Empower us. Oh, come. They use us as an advertisement for your power. Oh, Holy Spirit, please come. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit, we reverence you. We thank you. We bless you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Let no one be the same after today. Prepare us, O oh God, for a journey into deeper relationship, intimacy with you. Oh, we bless you, Spirit of the living God. We bless you. We bless you like tongues of fire. Rest upon your children. Rest upon the children of God. Oh, we bless you. We thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Thank you, Spirit of the living God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, we bless you, we bless you. We bless you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Holy Spirit. We bless you, Holy Spirit. Oh, we love you. We love you, we love you. Take us on a journey over the next 21 days. A journey deep, deep, deep into God. We thank you. And thank you for the transformation that has started today. Thank you for coming upon your children all around the world, Spirit of the living God. Oh, we reverence you. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen.